Computer, initialize Holosuite. Salutations and welcome to Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. My name is Katie and I'm joined by my insignificant, significant other. Wow. <laughs> Kyle West. What an introduction. <laughs> insignificant <laughs> other. Wow. So before we begin with this week's chat, we just wanted to say a big thank you for all the kind comments we've received about our podcast. I've just loved hearing them and reading them. And we have so much fun doing this and love that so many people have enjoyed listening to our crazy rambling. I thought that it would just be us. Talking to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. We have hit the charts. Hooray! On Apple Podcasts and That's stuff. So, so, so we're doing okay. Yes, if you did enjoy the show... Uh, last week or any other week we've done, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever websites you use for reviewing podcasts or your app uh, that you use. Give us a rating, five stars or nothing, please, guys. <laughs> we don't want <laughs> we will accept no less. <laughs> yeah, we will accept no less. There's high standards in this household. Like for some reason, I imagine I will get it in the neck off KT if we have anything other than five star Yeah, review. he is responsible. Now, don't take that as a challenge, anyone listening to um, cause me some drama. <laughs> you may have just heard some birds. What would you call that? That's not singing. Squawking. Okay, so they're doing that. And those birds... have got some baby seagulls. Yeah, you've got a story about these birds. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Lockdown's been pretty boring, so there's been some baby seagulls who are growing up and reaching maturity on the roof opposite our house, and I've taken an unnatural interest in them. Yep, yep. Um, but they're leaving the nest. I can see, like, they're learning to fly, and it's it's quite emotional. You actually sit there eating your dinner sometimes, like giving a running commentary on. I I would try to deny what it. The, uh, what the baby seagulls are doing. <laughs> it's entirely true. <laughs> and one fellow uh, flew over my head the other day, and that was an emotional moment. It there was is... like when Free Willy jumps over Jesse, and it's like, oh, wow. There is some bird shit on the um, dog ramp <laughs> that's you. out the back. So... Dare you blame my babies? <laughs> I I suspect your babies have um, just come and shit on. Shit on Reno's ramp. Don't listen, guys. <laughs> uh, so, guys, um, before we get into all the fun of this week's show, because we get to review an episode, mm-hmm. uh, the first ever episode of Lower Decks, nonetheless, I would just like to remind you that we are on social media. You can follow us at Blast Shield Up. That is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're also on YouTube, so you can get our shows on YouTube. I've just videoed you basically sleeping for an hour and then just put some no one wants to see that guys don't go it. on youtube <laughs> I, I mean i don't know but i'm fairly sure i'm not a pretty sleeper <laughs> i was meant to step in then wasn't i and be like no yes you were a beautiful sleeper i wouldn't know because harrison comes we don't in. sleep at the same yeah. time <laughs> harrison comes and takes me out with the room all the time so <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't know what you look like when you sleep yeah follow us on social media we're on youtube uh, we don't have a fancy channel name and like in the link, because you don't get that unless you're like a worthwhile YouTube content creator. So you have to have like a certain amount of subscribers. So please subscribe on YouTube. You've all got YouTube accounts. You don't even have to watch our videos. Just subscribe so that I can get to a certain number and change the name of the channel. But if you search for us, Blast Shield, uh, we're on there. Yeah. Watch us that way. If you, Some people do that, apparently. When you go into any like marketing for podcasts, they talk about how it's really important now to be on YouTube. 
never imagined that. Yeah, I never would have thought to pop YouTube on to watch a podcast. No. That's fine. I have actually done it. Have you? Unintentionally. I've been going through videos of like interviews and stuff on YouTube. And you go into the wormhole. And then hole. you, end, yeah, you just end up on the, on the autoplay. You end up in like a, another podcast. So I go with it. And finding Maybe. out about stuff that you never knew existed. You do. You do find <laughs> things out. Like Katie's drinking wine right now. I'm fine. She's fine. I'm fine. She was on a gin and tonic when I took Harrison to bed. I've returned about an hour and a half later. And she mentioned maybe having one too many wines. So I'm not sure how many drinks got consumed. TGIF, right? I don't even know what day of the week it is these days. I'm not sure. I have no idea. <laughs> I say TGIF and I've got like a one in seven chance of being right. <laughs> being right. And I wouldn't even know. So <laughs> no, and no exactly. one, like odds are no one's going to be listening to this on a Friday anyway. Yeah, so. there we go. Katie did buy me some beers, but she didn't get me one from the fridge when she went over to top of her wine. So I wasn't going to mention it till right now on the podcast. So. <sighs> I'm calling her out. The fridge is about three meters away for anyone who... I know. Uh, so if we are echoing at all, uh, it's because we're not recording this in the normal podcast recording space of our house. I used to record at the desk in our front room um, when I was doing solo podcasts. And we used the same room last week when we did our first episode together. But uh, we had to bring in like the kids table and sit at it because we have to be opposite each other with the microphone. And it wasn't great on our backs. <laughs> and this time I just couldn't be, I couldn't be asked to set it up. You could um, make us sound less like old people. Well, we're kind of hip and young. You're only as young as you feel. Exactly. I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 I hobble around and I was complaining about my back after putting the food shop in away earlier. Mm. So we're in the back room, which has a breakfast bar, which is perfect for podcast and But unfortunately, the room, which we didn't know until I did a sound test last week when I thought we were going to record in here. We didn't realize there's actually an echo in this room with my mic because the mic is such high quality, it picks up everything. So we've sat in here anyway, so I apologize if there's a slight echo. If no Just one mentions... Just imagine we're in a cave. Imagine we're in a sentient cave. There we are. See? Hey! <gasps> Did you even mean that when you said cave? No! Oh, it man. was just a happy coinkydink. We linked it to Lower Decks <gasps> without even meaning How? to. That is why we are the best damn... I'm right here. I was going to say the best damn Blast Shield podcast. I keep doing that. I keep calling Lower Decks Blast Shield. Yeah. Do you do that? Same. Do you? Yeah. No, really. Do you? I'm not joking. Yeah, it's a real problem. So if, if anyone hears us refer to the <laughs> Lower Decks as I mean, Blast I'm Shield. not entirely in there with the lingo yet, but no? you can forgive me, but... Carl doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, not at the best of times, not at all. So uh, we've gone on for ages and we haven't even... I haven't even told you to, to subscribe. Yes, you have. Did I? Yes. No, I didn't. I said leave reviews. No, you said subscribe. I don't know. Because then we can change our fancy name. Oh, no, YouTube. that was YouTube subscriptions. Oh. I need to push other subscriptions. Oh. Oh, yeah. So please, if you listen to this and you haven't hit subscribe yet on your podcast app, please hit subscribe. Yeah, it means you will get you might get a notification. I don't know. Are your podcast notifications even on? Mine aren't. <laughs> <laughs> and I have several podcasts, yeah. Uh, the uh, It may also be on auto-download, so you'll have a, an episode waiting for you when we oh, release. Nice. It's uh, like a present. Like a present every Sunday. Hmm. So, yeah, we're just rambling away here. Do you realize we didn't actually turn the lights on? <laughs> no, and it's it, getting darker and darker. And it suddenly yeah. got dark, yeah. Like, Should it was I... really bright just now, because I saw the washing outside and I thought... Should I turn hmm. it on? The light? Yes. Yeah, can you get me a beer whilst you're there then? Yeah. Yeah, see what I did, guys? I left the light off on purpose. Uh, so that eventually... It was almost like it was smart. Yeah. And I, this is so authentic, they could hear the fridge open. Which one do you want? I want the one that... The Hoff. The one that's got the Hoff it in the name. so close to me. Yeah, well, we haven't got no choice right now. What's that one called? Um, is this it? Is this it? I mean, God. 
You bought all these. I'm starting to sense a hint. What's the first one? What was the first one again? Don't stand. Um, don't stand so close. Don't stand to me. so close to me. The next one says, if "Is only the is half this had it?" A beard. I want that one. Yeah. Yeah. If only the Hoff had a beard. That's the name yeah. of my beer. Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lodex podcast, is unofficially sponsored this week <laughs> by Weird Beard Brewco's. If only the Hoff had a beard. It's obviously about your man from Baywatch. Yeah. But they've used one F. I'm guessing there's like a brand thing. Yeah. Double F, isn't he? I think it's brewed in Cardiff though, isn't it? Is it? He's married to a Welsh girl, do you know that? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why, I think. Yeah, I'm assuming so. The last time I saw him was in the Spongebob movie. He was in the Spongebob movie? Yeah. Live action him? Yeah, as himself. Jesus. Anyway, please subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast app you use. It helps us as well. And like I said, any ratings or reviews, that's that really helps us with where we show up and things on the apps. So please, please do that. First things first, spoiler warning. Yeah. We ain't holding back. I don't think we can because Katie's on, I'm not sure which glass of wine. So, and I'm about to, wait for it, wait for the sound. I haven't even opened a drink yet. Wait. Oh. I've never tried this beer before. Let's try it on air. Okay. Mmm. Ooh, it's like, I don't know, it's like tropical. Tropical? How can a beer be tropical? But sour. Mmm. I don't know what to make of it. That doesn't sound good. No, I like it, but it's just odd. I'll try it. You're only going to try it as well? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry if anyone's listening to this like whilst they're having breakfast and we're drinking beer and wine. Oh my God, you're so right. It's like lilt and beer together. Yeah, I know, right? My God. What is that? It's nice. I'll drink that. Your face right now, Katie, is... So, uh, yeah, spoiler warning, guys. This episode is going to talk about the first episode of Lower Decks titled Second Contact. We're going to talk about as much of it as we possibly can. And possibly remember, we haven't watched it for 24 hours. I watched it three times yesterday. I watched it twice. You watched it twice. Let's get into it. So um, my running order for this, to give you an idea of uh, how it works. My running order says, episode summary, in brackets, pre-written, close bracket, Kyle. I didn't write the episode summary. So I'm going to go off the top of my head. um, Because the only reason I I pre-write these things is because I do a lot of like, um, and uh. I know, right? I do loads of it, but I do it even more like in a podcast if I don't know what I'm saying. And that is why the editing takes so long. I take out so many of them. Likes. Yeah, likes. I know what uh looks like on on the oh, sound that's thing. Good. Yeah, I know. But sometimes other sounds do look like it. So if I just chop it without listening, I do end up taking out like a really important like word or sound from a sentence. So and that would drive you mad as a language like Oh insane. Expert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this week's episode. It aired on the sixth of August Dropped, I think, technically on Wednesday night still, I think, looking at the times so that it went live. But in this episode, we've seen the first scene before. So we knew that anyways. And they're in Starbase on the uh, Cerritos. Did I get that right this time? Cerritos. Cer- Cerritos. Yes, Cerritos. The only reason I'm saying I've got this wrong is because I thought I had it right. But then there was a debate online about it um, on trekbbs.com. And suddenly I started questioning everything about how I pronounced. I literally want to say it like a Spanish word. Mm. But it, I think I think it is. I think it's origins. It's, it's California. And you get all that stuff. And you? that is isn't like Spain. What, isn't like Santa Monica and all those places in... <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Santa Yeah, I guess Clarita. I know what you mean. Santa Clarita. Yeah, see? I know all these. Yeah. I know Santa Clarita just because of that. Yeah, I know. Uh, Netflix show. Was it Santa Clarita Diet? Diet. Yeah, yeah that was zombies. a good show, actually. Never watched the second season. Didn't you? Or the, I think there was a third before it got cancelled. Just love Drew Barrymore. It's cancelled, is it? Yeah, Netflix but... like to cancel anything now. Yeah, that's true. 
good job that Lower Decks is not put on Netflix. I know, right? It's a good it's a good job Netflix are not producing Star Trek and just mm. pay for it if they do. Yes, in this episode, they're going to um, make second contact with the Galadonians. I'm glad I remember that. The first contact was a year before. We found that out during the course of this episode. So there's been a year since the Federation's gone back there. But uh, our heroes are headed there. And when they're on the planet, the Cerritos, is that what we're saying it is? Cerritos. Cerritos. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. No, I'm not sure. I think it changed from the last time I said it. Just call it the hero ship. (laughs) (laughs) Just until we can clarify how to speak. It turns out, I found out in an interview with the showrunner, is that on the source section of the ship, there's like this yellow uh, marking that goes around it, paint marking like. turns out with this class of ship, there's three colours for these ships that do second contacts and such. Now, yellow means it's uh, to do with like their departments on the ship. So yellow is like engineering. So so this ship and on the show will specialise in like second contacts that require engineering help. Oh, cool. Uh, I know, right? And this is a really nifty touch and I've only found this out today. And there's a blue one, Mm -hmm. which means that second contact specialises in medical. Are you going to say science? I was going to say science. Yeah. Yeah. In like medical care. Presumably science is involved in that as well. Right. And then red is for like transporting around diplomats and more of the mm. command important stuff. So there's almost like a tier system in like even in the second contact. I love that. A fleet of ships because you, presumably the red striped ones must be like the most important yeah. second contact ones. So like our heroes, they're not even the best amongst the second contact. They're the least important yeah. of the least important. Yeah, essentially. Oh. Yes, because I guess like even the medical ones would be more important. Yeah. Wow, they really are at the bottom yeah. of the pile. <laughs> but I love it. I, I love, love an it. underdog. Yeah, we do. This is why like, for saying that, that's why like my dog costs so much in vet bills is because he too. <laughs> like when we got him, we, like we were aware he was the run to the pack when we got him. And then he's just, and as we thought that was cute, but we didn't think about the... Long-term implications. Yeah, I mean, immediately within like a few weeks, he had to have throat surgery. <laughs> so, he's literally an now, old man now. Yeah, now he's, and he's, he's been an old man his whole life. <laughs> he's 11 years old, but he's finally actually going grey to match his, his old man personality that he has. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they go to this planet, the Galadonian planet. Uh, whilst there, unfortunately, Commander Ransom gets bitten by an alien insect, does not get treated for it. It turns out this infects him. So when he's up on the ship, uh, he becomes almost like a zombie creature. I think they call it the rage virus mm. in the episode. Anyone he seems to bite himself appears to then become infected too. So that's going on the ship. But believe it or not, whilst the ship is getting overtaken by these flesh-eating monsters, that's not even like the main story of the episode. It's not important, really. I love that. It's in the background, though. Yeah, it is. It's not important, is it? It's great. No. The big bit really is what's going on on the planet with Mariner and our boy Boimler, who has been asked by the captain of the ship to spy on Mariner. Him doing this accidentally creates a situation where he wrongly thinks that Mariner is selling weapons to the indigenous people, but she is not. She's actually given like shovels and things to help these farmers because she'd been there a year before on the first contact mission and had met them. She made a great comment during this sequence that uh, about how by the time the Federation bureaucracy or something of bureaucrats noticed had, looked, had noticed them. Yeah. And it was like that way of saying that like, as we've always seen in Star Trek, in these first contact missions and stuff, they always deal with like the government and stuff and they're just taking their word. Now, what would happen like us in the UK or America, for example, say the Federation arrived at our planet, met the White House or here in 10 Downing Street, our leaders or anyone who's listened to this from whatever country and those leaders spoke for the planet. We just wouldn't get anything, would we? Yeah, we wouldn't 100%. Get a look in. We wouldn't get a look in. And I, I guess that's what was being alluded it's, it's, to. It's so relevant to our society now that if you met the government, it maybe wouldn't be representative of yeah. everyone in society. And, and that's kind of the hint we get in this episode. And I love it. Yeah. This whole situation leads to a big insect creature thing <laughs> getting out. Turns I hope out we quite... don't have that. Yeah, well, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> Turns out it's actually quite an instant, but it chases down Bohemian Mariner, who 
I still really can't quite understand why she thinks the clothes need to be laid out. For, I guess scent or something. I don't even know. Yeah, what I, did you I, assume, I assumed it was something to do with the scent, maybe. But then why but is his scent more attractive only went, than yeah, hers? Yeah, a hilarious sequence where Marin has come up with this plan. Boimler's a bit more hung up on the because fact that... Because when she originally said it, I thought she meant, like, take off your clothes so that you can let it be attracted to your scent. And I didn't think she would take hers off, but then suddenly she's there in just in, her in underwear. Her, in her underwear, thought, yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, I know, right? This alien creature doesn't go for Marin at all. It only yeah. shows interest in, <laughs> in Boimler's. Uh, Boimler doesn't want to go along with the plan because he wants to wait until he's seen it attack Mariner's outfit but Mariner jumps off this tree in her underwear uh, onto the back of it to try and wrestle this thing to the ground they don't want to kill it because it may need <laughs> they may need to milk it the indigenous creatures <laughs> I just found that bit so funny <laughs> it's so it'll spoil the milk yeah and she didn't even know she wasn't sure that it needed to be milked but <laughs> she just she just assumed it though. probably needs to be milked. And it turns out she was right. Uh, when Boimler <laughs> jumps down, he ends up in the mouth of the creature. The fear that he was getting eaten was actually incorrect. It just needed to suckle on him a little bit until it could fall asleep. So I guess... It's a little dummy. Yeah. Yeah. A pacifier. So he loses his underwear in this as well. Like when he comes out, he hasn't got any underwear on. So <laughs> You missed that the first time. I did miss it the first time. You noticed it. But basically, the reason this is important is because uh, he gets covered in a slime that eventually creates the cure for the virus on the ship. Mm. So it's like all connected. And, I love um, that. I think it's so clever. And as happened, uh, the senior crew took all the credit for saving the day to the point where there's a captain's log at the end where our captain is doing the captain's log talking about how uh, her and her senior crew once again came through and saved the day. Doesn't it make you wonder how many other missions in previous yeah. Star Treks have also been... I know. We see these stories from the perspective of the senior crew. Exactly. So. Maybe the lower decks are actually the real heroes in I, every I think they single are. Star Trek thing. Every single one of them. But on Sometimes the they do stupid things though and they get killed and you're like, why the hell did they That's true. just stand there? That's the first thing the I learned about Star Trek. Red shirts. If you're wearing like a red shirt, yeah, you're in trouble. You're yeah. probably gonna die. <laughs> the episode comes to an end where it turns out Boimler sticks up for Mariner, says that Starfleet is better for having her, even though obviously she's different, much different to Boimler. And then the little gang come together. So Tendi, who's her like it's her first day on the ship. Well, it might not be first day for her because they're traveling to the planet throughout, aren't they? So I guess it's like her first week on the ship, I guess, or something. Mm. And Rutherford, who's just had, we'll come on to all the characters now. Rutherford, who had recently become a cyborg, has a, a date. We didn't mention that. He has a date throughout the episode mm. as well, uh, which was going really remarkably well. But he decided not to take it any further after she showed little interest in why a red alert um, stopped the com badges from being recognized at like the, was it the turbolift doors or just the doors? I can, I can kind of understand. I'm going to say this to you, okay? In that situation where there was like these infectious like zombies taking over the ship, if the doors were recognizing com badges, all of those officers who were infected had com badges, so they would be able to freely oh, move yeah, around that's the true, ship. Actually, it feels like a slight plot hole. Dare I say? Oh no! Shouldn't the red alert precisely do that, like lock down the doors? And they do get in. Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? Mm, so te- I didn't think technically, of that. I know, I, don't, I know, but they think about so much on this show. It's so smart, like. And they've thought about everything with Trek. That I've, there's probably an answer for that. Have faith that there will be an answer later on. I don't know if we're going to be that serialized. <laughs> this is ever going to get mentioned again. Oh, you know, I like a, having faith in a serialized show. Did you enjoy this first episode of yeah, Star Trek? Yeah, I really Bill did. Death? I really did. I mean, to be honest, I don't see what's not to enjoy about it. It's so lighthearted. But then also, you can see like the serious side of it as well. It had a lot of heart still. Yeah. There's some like serious stuff going on as well in the background. Like, yeah. You know, like, which but that's the thing, it's in the background. So mm. you can enjoy the lighthearted stuff. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was funny. Not always laughing out loud funny. No. But I mean, there are some comedies where I once, once I start barely laughing, I can't stop. Mm. But 
There's also some comedies which just have you smiling yeah. for the whole time. And that's fine. You don't have to laugh out loud. You can have a smile on your face. Or it's sometimes not even a smile on your face. You just inside have a happy feeling when you're watching it. And I, I, that's how I felt. What this. I liked about this as well is that you sometimes lose something or you miss something yeah. the first time. And then the second time you watch it, you're like, oh my God, I missed that the first yeah. time. And it was quite funny. I missed... Um, so I watched it without without you at the start, yeah. didn't I? Because I, I couldn't wait. Yeah. And also because I'm in control of the Twitter, so my phone was starting to light up already and I didn't want spoilers so I watched it as soon as I could then we watched it together and then I was immediately already picking up on some stuff yeah that I'd missed and then when we watched it my third time your second time you were picking up on stuff that I hadn't yet picked up on either so it was was, yeah imagine if we watched it again there's probably more again and I do think there's a lot of rewatchability in this this episode as well so like is it a show you get behind like so you've enjoyed all the new tracks yeah you've gone back to Enterprise I think we're already invested in the characters Mm. and we are aren't we yeah and I wasn't even at first with some of the other Trek shows. Like I was like, yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was, but maybe you didn't feel invested in it. But yeah, it took time to warm up to yeah. the whole crew. Whereas on this show, they only want you to warm up to the yeah. Are the you invested four. in the four? The four yeah, I am. Yeah, I love them all. Like I think. Um, well, this is it. The next bit we're going to do is talk about characters. So like, let's talk about Mariner. Yeah. Uh, to start with, it's obviously an ensemble show, but Mariner is clearly being positioned as the lead. I think of the mm. show. Uh, that could change, but also. She's credited first as well in the opening credits. Mm. Um, I think Marin is the main lead, and I love her. Online, people either love her or hate her. I bet. And I would... Some people are just annoyed at how quick everyone talks on the show, and they use her as an example, but that's just the nature of the show, and it's just animation. I think... I generally think some people... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't describe the gesture that uh, Katie just did, but that would give you a warning on some message sites. Well, um, luckily you can't see me. Yeah, like, yeah <laughs> luckily you'll never see Katie on a track website, probably anyway. Unless, again, you are already on them. And, like, Wouldn't you like to? I, well, I, I'm really curious. I need to look on social media accounts you follow. I'm just curious as to how involved you are in track. Getting more involved. Yeah. I think there was a lot to Mariner that people weren't even looking for. And I was surprised by it. Like I mm. saw a character who's fundamentally flawed. She has all the abilities. Like she jokes in the episode saying that she's always right. And actually she was always right yeah. in this episode. She's clearly, she knows about all the regulations and stuff. She knew more than, than Boimler. And Boimler's like the, the book nerd. She's just that good, but she chooses not to use She's obviously skills. naturally that way inclined. Yeah. And I desperately, like even after the first like five minutes, I desperately want to find out like, where did things go wrong, babe? Yeah. You want to just like yeah. spend a night there drinking some wine? I do. do I want do, to chat with do her. Do each other's hair and, and be like, hun, what happened? Yeah. And I think she would probably, she'd definitely drink with you from the looks of it. She sure would. She enjoys a drink. Do I want some of that? Romulan stuff. Yes, I do. <laughs> Romulan uh, whiskey, they call it's it. It's against show. regulations. Yeah, Romulan so, ale yeah, is also bad. I was going to so. say Romulan ale, and I was like, Romulan. I think it's the other one. Yeah, if we were still drinking uh, G&Ts when we started recording this, I was going to call them Romulan gin and tonics. But we missed that opportunity. Yeah. Could have lied. Could have. Could have lied. So let's talk about the twist with mm. Mariner. Because I think this is going to this will go into what I want to say, is that we find out that she's the daughter of our captain. Don't share the same surname, though. Now, and we find this out in a scene where it turns out it's Mariner's father, who's an admiral, on a call to, to her mum. And this is where we get the revelation that um, that she's a daughter. Now, I missed some important parts. Two lines I missed because I was trying to watch this the first time with my Sumner. And he chose two moments where the admiral says, calls her, I think, sweetheart or sweetie. Sweetheart, Sweetheart. Yeah. And then when he says, love you at the end. So I missed those bits just as two lines because harrison spoke 
at both occasions. And so it meant that I was under the, from everything else in that scene, I was under the impression that, and also because Marin has got a different surname to her, her mother, I was under the impression that, that they were divorced and that Mariner had been a child of divorce and had kind of rebelled against everything as a result. Mm. But it turns out that's not the case, I found out on second viewing. I'd already made an, an ass of myself <laughs> on some of the Trek sites and stuff uh, talking about it, but oh, it's great depth. But it made me think anyway that we now have a situation where I'm curious as to why she's got a different surname. That will most certainly come up on the show. Maybe, maybe she didn't want the family maybe, name. Maybe she changed it to maybe she did, distance yeah. herself from... Yeah. Because she doesn't seem to associate very much with... No, she doesn't mention... No one... Well, Boimler doesn't know like that. that... Boimler doesn't seem to no. know after they've served together for a year. Yeah. He doesn't seem to know that there's a relation there. And I was thinking about, like, she's... Her being so smart and things. And she has got Starfleet values. She's trying to help those farmers, okay? Yeah. Uh, and she's finding solutions. Didn't want to just kill the aliens. So she's definitely, like, a Star Trek character. And she's got the smarts. But her dad's an admiral. Her mum's a captain. It's as if all the pressure that was probably on her to also succeed, and she had the skills to do it, but she's chosen not to. And she mentions being higher ranked and that she got busted down. Something happened and she got busted down a rank. So I'm curious to find out what that was. I feel like it will be something that we would have all done, and then she would have just been bitter. But yeah, I feel like it's the, it's the family relationship. It's that like a bit of foreshadowing with that whole thing with when Boimler thought she was selling weapons mm. and she was actually selling tools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's something that we can probably relate to, which yeah. makes us relate to the four main characters more than we do to... Traditionally, we would have related to the people on the bridge, wouldn't we? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're a big fan of Mariner, then. Yeah, I am, yeah. I think she's, like, not the dark side in all of us, but, like, the bit that doesn't quite... White want to comply. I get that. I identify with her because I, when I was a teenager and stuff and in school, I'd always been smart, getting some of the top marks, but I started to become a bit interested in other things and eventually I became more interested in those entertainment, well, Star Trek actually. I remember mm. one, one time I was watching Next Gen DVDs when I definitely should have been studying um, <laughs> for, for some kind of college tests or exams. So I identify with her because eventually my smarts kind of got associated though like I, I moved into other things I became very knowledgeable about stuff that entertained me rather than stuff that would educate me so I kind of identify with her in that sense not that there was a there wasn't like a pressure from my parents in the way that there appears to have been for Mariner because mm. I just wasn't there but I, I kind of identify with her and I'm seeing some criticisms like I said of her about how far she speaks she doesn't seem realistic trust me if you look at what Mariner did in this episode she's definitely a Star Trek character I, I would also argue that some of it a lot of the people complaining about Mariner are people who complain about Michael Burnham as well and there's a few things that Michael Burnham no, and Mariner have in common I'm not afraid to say it on this show as well people know what we're talking about but they have they happen to share the same gender they're also leads and they also uh, have the same skin colour do you know then... what they fit so well nothing noth- for me nothing could fit better than firstly Michael Burnham nothing could fit better than her she's such a great lead mm. which is funny show. and we'll say as well we weren't fans of her on Walking Dead no no didn't I when I found out she was leading Star Trek I was show, so disappointed yeah, I, because you said to me like we're gonna watch the show and I was like no I can't I can't do that because Sasha on Walking Dead oh. was just couldn't stand her no couldn't yeah. bear it but then it's like she found her place mm. on Discovery she's so good Discovery seems like in sync with her like spirit that. yeah I think Mariner really is and I think she fits as well because she is positioned as a lead and I want to this is an animated comedy as well now the leads are always a bit wacky on animated yeah. comedies like you look at Futurama with Fry he was 
He's a bit nuts. You can look at Family Guy. Peter is crazy. You can look at Final Space, which is the best comparison, I think, for, for Lower Decks. And Gary, he's crazy in that as well. And he's still a hero. So I just think that people just don't understand this genre a little bit. But oh, yeah, I think Marin is great. I love her relationship with Boimler as well, who we're going to come on to now. I love that. I love mm. that it's not immediately something romantic as well, which you would expect in not every other Star Trek show but every other show like you expect if there's a female and a male lead that there's going to be something yeah. romantic between them but it's such a lovely relationship that they have it is more brother sister isn't yeah. it older yeah older sister older sister and yeah. younger Definitely brother older yeah. Sister. yeah there's no there's no romance there at all what do you think of Boimler then, as a, as a whole? To be honest, I find him super relatable. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like I wish I was more like Mariner, but for Boimler, I'm like, I'm the kind of person that wants to live by the book, and I get that. I think the trailers made Boimler look more goofy than he actually yeah. is, because in the show, I think he's actually pretty switched on. He makes some mistakes when he thinks that Mariner's selling weapons, but I think that's because he's been put on a mission by the captain and he mm. feels this pressure to impress and he really wanted to find something to sort of report her for. But he was switched on, he got called to the bridge, he seems to know what he's doing, uh, he loves the warp cords. Everything about him just seems a lot more serious, actually, than the trailer suggested. I can't imagine he's going to be the butt of a few jokes. Probably all will be. I can't imagine Mariner will be. That's not her role. In a weird way, though, aren't they both like the heart of Star Trek yeah. in two completely different ways? Yeah. And that's coming from someone who doesn't even really understand the heart of Star Trek. For whatever anyone says, Mariner has the values of of a Star Trek yeah. hero and Boimler has I guess the aspirations and he's the, the brains and brains, she's the yeah. heart yeah I love that between them and I love that he'd almost gone on his own his own journey in the episode he's, mm. he obviously still wants to be a captain he loves the senior crew but he was rolling his eyes when the captain was doing the uh, the captain's log at the end praising the senior crew and you could see him roll his eyes a bit and that's the first time you ever saw any doubt on him so you kind of thought oh yeah he's, at, he's one of the, the lower decks lot actually he's one of the gang and I, I do think he'll still be trying to impress it every week but he's going to become closer and closer to our main heroes of the show anything else on Boimler I just think he, he's got such a great character development even in one short episode I can't wait to see where he's going to go next apparently future spoiler he has a girlfriend apparently oh, this what, is, what, this is what's been said or? no oh and there's a photo floating around of him where he's got like a Geordie LaForge teddy bear it's like a <laughs> It's this brown bear with a, a visor. Did you notice that it was another character? Apparently there was two. I only saw one with a visor. In no, I didn't notice yeah, any. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw one. It's like a background character. I'm not sure if we've ever seen another character wear a visor, so that was cool. You could tell that Mike McMahon and the writers love TNG. It's almost easier to place this after TNG than it is after the movies, um, just just because of the way the love it shows for TNG. What about Tendi? I love her love so Tendi. much. Tendi really is you, though. She I know, really I know you said is you, me. I know you said yeah. you might identify with Bomla, but... Tendy's you. She's totally me. Yeah. First day in a new job, she's like, hi, yeah, I totally want to fit in here. Yeah, anything I can do. And then at the end, she's like, I got to hold a heart. Yeah. It was awesome. That's so me. I love it. Like, when we first met her, she's at the, it's a typical introductory shot, really. She's at the back it. of the, of everyone coming out of the shuttle craft. She's at the back. We have everyone walk past the camera and we focus on her. And then it's like deep breath before she introduces herself. And then they're just like, yeah. You know, keep moving lower decks or whatever the I just feel like was. so much of a connection with her I think she's such a lovely character she's like Boimler but without the experience she's such a noob yeah she doesn't seem to be such a such a do-gooder like she's obviously a good person yeah but like Boim- not Boimler's a, like a suck-up yeah like a, not a job's worth yeah. but like you know what I mean but I like Boimler I think he's a good character but yeah she's like a little she's a little noob love her she got bitter doing this episode but she wasn't the focus of it but I love the when she walked into sick bay and was like yeah <laughs> 
like, hey, green girl, and come over here, and she's like getting covered in this. But she lives for slime. it. Slime. She did seem to love it. And at the yeah. end, I mean, like you said, they were so exhausted against the door. They're like, you know, so sorry for you. This is not always like this, you know. And sorry for the first day or week, whatever it was. And she was like, are you kidding? I got to hold a heart, which was a lovely. Like you just said, then just a line I think that's going to remember so good. from the show and her relationship with Rutherford that seemed to develop at the end as well. Love that. Interesting yeah. with Tandy though, if you remember from your Enterprise first watch through, we found out that Orion women actually rule the Orion society mm. and we call them Orion slave girls, but it's the men who are the slaves. And remember the those Orion women who could like use their pheromones or something to control yeah, yeah. men? So I wonder if she's got these, if she has these abilities. Yeah, maybe. And she or maybe she's so lovely, she just chooses not to use them. And she doesn't look like an Orion female either. She hasn't got like a black hair or mm. so. I don't she's think. Has she got black hair? I don't think she's got black hair. No, no, she's off the top of my no. head. She's a really cool character that we're going to get to know more, I think. Yeah. Um, and what about Rutherford? He's so funny. Rutherford's hilarious. When I first watched it through the first time, I found some of his bits really funny. Like, I think I may have laughed out loud first with Rutherford. Mm. But I also wasn't too sure that I could warm to him as quickly as everyone else. But when I watched it the second time, I was like, yeah, Rutherford's like, he steals some of this episode. He's so funny. His introductory scene, which you loved. Yeah. When they introduce yeah. like, Rutherford, or whatever she called him. And they talk here, and it turns out he's got a date. He's totally cool about it. Yeah. And then she's like, are you, aren't you nervous? And he's like, yeah, and I, I like, can't because of the implants. Yeah. And then she does something, and then he freaks Marinoff, out. Marinoff, like, messes around with his implant. And he's like, ah, I'm so nervous. I haven't compared, uh, prepared any jokes, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so funny. I don't like the way I look. I can't change <laughs> the way I look before tonight. <laughs> and something like his face. I don't know. He's really funny, and he, run, he runs off. And then the date. The date was hilarious. I thought the date was so good who does she complain about and then he suddenly has like this outburst I can't um, remember what it was what was it he talks about oh man he has a Vulcan outburst doesn't he basically he, he basically yeah he says it. we found out the cyborg tech is like Vulcan yeah. and there's this Vulcan like logic thing and like or emotional control yeah. thing that's in his <laughs> it turns out it's in his tech that. And it was like malfunctioning and always still trying to get used to it. So it made for a fun date. The date's going really well. They're still like falling in love as there's phases. There's literally phaser beams flying around their heads and they're just like discussing what parts of the ship they I think he asked where her quarters were. Yeah, where their quarters are and so yeah. I just thought I I thought it was brilliant. (laughs) He takes her for a spacewalk to get around the ship and they're talking about classical music. Why have you ever taken me on a spacewalk? If I could take you on a spacewalk, I would. That's a lie. I would. I get motion sick though. Do you think exactly. I get exactly? Do you think I get motion sick in space? Uh, do you think it's the same as like getting seasick or car sick? Pass. I don't know how it would feel. Oh, I probably would, not because you, you could just be floating. What did he say? You jump and magnetize. Yeah, was it magnetize or jump and magnet? Jump and magnet. It's like, what if I forget to? I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to come onto that trailer in a bit. So yeah, what did you what did you think of Rutherford as a whole? I really like him. Mm. I really like him. I think he's he's a really likable character because he's new. He's new to his whole situation, and we're new to his situation. So we're going to like grow with it together, and I like that. Mm. As someone who is not really super familiar with Star Trek in general or like being a cyborg, I love that we're going to be able to grow with him and find out like what what difficulties he's going to have. Do you think he would have opted in to become a cyborg, which doesn't seem to fit with what, Star- you wouldn't know this, but doesn't seem to fit with what Starfleet would allow Yeah, at that and time. under what circumstances so- would he have... Would he have become a cyborg? Well, the way Trek seems to treat cyborgs now seems a bit different to how it had in the previous Treks. Because mm. Discovery has like Arium and, yeah. and such who are cyborgs, but understand that saved a life, didn't it, from the sounds of it? Yeah. So we never really had anything before because Data was meant to be this like amazing, because he's an android, meant to be an amazing piece of work. I can only assume that he'd been in an accident. Yeah. 
um, was made into a cyborg, I guess. I'm curious to see that as well. Yeah. But it's the thing that we've got so many unanswered questions about the main cast. Like We don't often come across a cast in Star Trek who already know each other, apart mm. from Tendi, who know each other before the show begins. Um, Discovery, kind of, because... Okay, the first two episodes are different, but when we go on to the actual Discovery ship, Michael knows Saru and yeah. and Detma. She knows them, but generally speaking, they're always they're always meeting each other mm-hmm. as they go apart from in um, TOS. So this is like a nice dynamic where they already know each other, and there's history that we can that they can mine. The ship is old. There's history with that. I'm really interested in Mariner's family relationship. As soon as it was revealed, it was like wow. The show is adding a layer of depth this I didn't expect. This is why she's obviously the lead, because she's got so much more depth to her Already, yeah. than everyone else. Yeah, there's more going on with her than... And I can't wait to find out. Yeah, like I'm really interested in that yeah. relationship. Did you suspect No! Can I be honest? Did you? Yes. I never did... Did you? Yes. And people are going to be rolling their eyes listening to this, but generally never thought it during any of the pre-hype like mm. or trailers. It never crossed my mind. But when we were watching it, I don't know why, but like in within the first like third of it or something, maybe first half, it just popped into my head about maybe they're related. No. I, d- I don't know why. I don't know what did it. There's nothing similar no, about it. No, them. I know. But I ruled it out in my head then as well because of the name being yeah. different. Yeah. Which is why when it came out in the end and obviously Harrison spoke over the bits and mm. uh, that he did, it made me think that it was divorced. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, actually, that makes perfect sense. I didn't even consider that she'd have a different name because the parents might have been separated. I did, in the course of the episode, consider it. I don't think the episode was doing anything to make me think it. It just popped into my head suddenly. Even the bit where she's being a little bit insubordinate and, like, joking with her like she's a teenager with her mum. Like, I didn't even get that then. Even then, I just thought, she's just a little bit insubordinate. Mm. She just doesn't want to listen. Yeah, now she's actually, like... To authority, but yeah. it's literally, she's just back-chatting her mum. I love when, like, uh, <laughs> a dad says to her mum, put her in the brig. Yeah, yeah. And he says, oh, yeah. don't we? Oh, did... Was we it, tried that. Yeah, we tried she that. She loved it. She loves. She loves it in the brig. <laughs> so funny. So we're not going to talk about the senior crew today because the show isn't about them. It did flip it on its head, didn't it? The idea that actually the senior crew are jerks. Power hungry. Power hungry. Taking credit for things. It made me look at the other shows through a different lens a little, and I thought this doesn't seem to be exclusive to the slower decks show. You could probably argue that all of the shows, their main characters, do come off like that. And the analogy I give to you was like it's like the head office. Of yeah, this big company you're in yeah. and you always think the head office just don't seem to understand how things work yeah. I used to work for a company where the head office people would show up with their discount vouchers and things all the time but we never got anything ourselves but the head office team would and you get all the glory yeah yeah, and they're the ones who get the I, I identified with that a lot but we're not going to focus on them we'll do that another time though let's talk about favourite scenes mm-hmm. I remember as we were going throughout it's like oh that scene that scene that scene and I definitely had more than the three each that we wanted to have but what was your what were some of your favourite scenes in this episode? I think one of my one of my first favourite scenes, the first scene where I thought this is just great, is when Mariner tampers with Rutherford's chip thing because I just think it's so funny how quickly his personality changes yeah, and you were laughing at that yeah I, I, that was my first like laugh out loud moment and I thought it was really funny because it, it kind of shows to us how Marina does know what she's talking about and Rutherford is just a hilarious Pretty character funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and really relatable as well which is quite nice. I really really enjoyed the holodecks oh my sequence. god that was was hysterical like i really loved that it was like something you've i guess as a star trek fan that you've always wanted to see like the things you can do with a holodeck yeah. i can't remember what mariner's program was called but 
I just love that she just has all these naked men and even uh, and even Tandy was like, wow, this you know this is incredibly detailed because <laughs> obviously we just see the bums. It's the most most bums we've ever seen on on Star Trek at one time. Fact. Tell you that much. Factoid. <laughs> Literal fact. Yeah. Um, so New Trek has given us like alien bums and. Uh, Klingon boobs in Discovery and there it is. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I just love when they were going through the programs, and then even Mariner allows Boimler a chance to come up with one. He picks the warp core, and it's so boring. Unless you're a total nerd, yeah, you love it. Yeah, so I, I thought quite like to see a warp core. Yeah, would you? Yeah, yeah, it would be cool. It would yeah. be exciting. I mean, fair play. It's not deck. what I would pick first <laughs> in a holodeck. You could pick anything. Things you could pick. Oh God, look at your face. You'd literally be in Mariner's program, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Any other scenes? Wouldn't you? Well, yeah, if they mixed it up a bit so there wasn't just men there. But I also could just hang out with them because I could love to just take off my Starfleet uniform and just start working out parade next around. Time. Yeah, they definitely had better physiques than I've got, so I feel a bit inferior. Maybe they'd give me tips. Maybe. Hmm. Food for thought. Hmm. Any other scenes that jump out at you? I love the bit where she takes the initiative to rip off his clothes and her clothes and throw them to this giant spider thing like and then jump on his back like on what planet i mean that you know, <laughs> no. you know. Pun intended, um, no. <laughs> is that the thing to do when you're being chased by a giant spider and that just really it was it was it made me laugh but it was also just bloody bizarre i thought the funniest bit of that sequence though because it was all funny but when boimler jumps <laughs> he just literally just lands feet in the alien's mouth <laughs> i don't know something about just the whole just that the that image it was so funny that sequence as he just jumps and lands and just gets swung around it worked for me so much and then much. also going on from that when she's when that's his caller she the spider is like suckling him and then mariner's just chatting to the galadonia like oh hey yeah i don't really want to let it eat him yeah. I think it's so funny because it's like, it's like just go to your time happy place, should so. be of the essence, but <laughs> yeah. in fact she's just like, well, we'll just see what happens. And before in that scene as well, when uh, he says it was stunning about phaser, <laughs> yeah. and then eventually the aliens appear and like, no, please don't phaser, we need we need the milk. And then she's like, did you hear that? Because <laughs> she was right about she the milk. Knows. How can you know that stunning a giant spider will spoil its milk? How, how did she even know it had milk? I don't but... even want to know. I know that's grim. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that whole scene was funny. I loved. I already mentioned. I loved the bit where Rutherford and Barnes, the the ensign, he was on a date with, were still like chatting away whilst the phasers were flying around. One bit that I found hilarious was when Tendy is in sick bay and she has to hold yeah the heart and she has to pump it herself. And then I can't remember the exact words, but <laughs> the guy whose heart she's pumping with her hands, he's like, "Ow, you're holding my heart and squeezing it. Really, really hurts." <laughs> and she's she's like, "I'm so sorry." She's like, "Ow." It's like she's clearly loving it, which is hilarious, mm. but not in like a sick way. Like, oh, heart, it's hurting you. It's like this is so cool. I wonder what happened to him that they had to like have his heart out. I imagine that he had his chest ripped open by someone who had the <laughs> rage virus, but we just weren't privy to that to the particular thing. moment. We just saw the heart hanging out of his mm. his chest and the. Uh, protect this slime or whatever yeah, the slime was. Yeah. It's like everybody protect this slime pointing at yeah. pointing at him. Um you know what was really gross as well was when when the um the alien creature fell asleep. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and then just Boimler just slowly out, not even controlled because his arms are pinned, he just like slides out of its mouth and he's missing his underway, like oh my goodness. <laughs> it's just like if if that could happen to any character it's hilarious that it happened to Boimler mm. because he's the least likely person to just like keep calm and carry on. Yeah, yeah. 
I think he's going to be the victim of lots of of jokes like that and things happening. Um, but I mean, there were so many funny bits in the episode, and there was one the bit in the final sequence when I love the shot as well of when you see the senior crew are having a drink in the bar and they're watching, you see them watching on, disproving of the crazy ones, uh, you know, our, our heroes. Because I've been there in a pubs, saying, "Well, you know, you're having fun." on like a, a big team out or something the ones who are just boring or miserable just looking over at you almost down their noses but you're having a whale of a time and having some drinks but there was a moment in there where Mariner you know when she turns she's like do you know about Spock she's like dude came back from the dead whatever the line was and it just and it just cuts in on her when she says came back from the dead and I just <laughs> that tickled me and he's like yeah I think I know who Spock is because Spock is still alive in that universe at this oh. point it'll be about five to seven years um, when until Spock eventually tries to save Romulus huh. from explosion, which you know about, mm. then he gets thrown into the Kelvin verse for the films. I love that little bit at the end, though, because even though I don't, I don't necessarily get all of the references. The ones that I do get, I'm like, I know that one. Yeah. I know that one. So it makes you feel quite connected to them because it's like, ah, oh, they're talking about stuff I know about. She said like my man Wolf or my yeah, boy Wolf. Something. So does know she know Wolf? Wolf? But does she know Wolf? That's what I'm maybe, thinking. Maybe, maybe they're mates. Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, but she doesn't know what a battle is, so... Well, she was drunk. Couldn't pronounce it. She might have known what it was. Mm. So the people who are naturally going to hate on this show anyway, because they just don't like to have fun in their lives... Don't be hating. Don't be hating. Some of them are going nuts about this, that actual scene and how it's just... Like, who... It's ridiculous they were talking about all these characters that we know from the shows. Uh, yada, yada. Who actually does that in anything? And when has that ever happened in track before? I'm like, well, I've re- recently rewatched These Are the Voyages, the last steps of Enterprise for my other podcast that I do uh, on Holosuite Media. And they talk about the the scanner thing that comes up at T'Pol's science station. And Troy's like, I've seen one of these before. And then Riker's like, yeah, I think I think Kirk's Enterprise had one. It's like, come on. So this track has done it before where they've name-dropped characters it's we know okay. unnaturally. And also, at this point, the TNG crew had been together for, like, I guess, like 15 years or something. Uh, they were like heroes, so it makes sense that she'd know them all. And, and it, again, it showed that Mariner knows a lot as yeah. well. She's, she knows her history in Trek. And I, I liked it. I appreciated it. But yeah, people found were trying to use it as a reason to criticize the show. So just swivel Stop on it. Stop looking for reasons to hate. Stop hating. Start loving. Different yeah? is good. Different is good. That's right. So variety is the spice of life. So between favorite scenes and stuff, but do you have a fa- do you have like a funniest moment um, or moments? I think I've kind of mentioned mine already. I just I love the holodeck scene. Yeah. I think that's the, my funniest moment. The hot bananas was funny. Bananas. Oh yeah, that was funny. And then how yeah, Boimler tried to funny. act super cool then. Yeah. When she came and asking for him, that was funny. I thought. Yeah, that was good. Like that one. Yeah. Like, there's so much. I, I found so much funny about this. It's my cup of tea. Like the humor and the fact it's Star Trek, it's new Trek. I'm just like, I wish we'd had. I, I, I'm almost sad that it's a 10 episode season. Because I can take that with the Is other shows. Is that all? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I can take it with the, the other shows. Picard is only 10 episodes, but those are like 40 to yeah. 60 minute episodes. Whereas this is like 22, 20, 25, whatever. And it just, it's like too short. You'll be able to watch it in like one night as a whole season, which makes me sad. It's so funny because you can imagine like that episode, if they had focused on the bridge and the main characters and the main storyline of the rage virus going through the show, that would have taken a full 40 minute episode, maybe even been like a double thing. Yeah. But because we're seeing it from a different point of view, it's quite hilarious because it just skims over it really quickly and you kind of want to know like what happened. Yeah. I mean, there's one bit where they're doing the spacewalk actually, yeah. Brotherhood and Barnes. 
guns and you can see through the windows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Shax? I can't, I, I'm not too sure the name of the security guy. Yeah. You see him having this like, or someone having these epic battles <laughs> with the infected crew and you're like, and he did just skim past it. And I'm just like, wow, they could lose the ship. If, mm. if Bongler hadn't got slime on him, they would have lost the ship. Because mm. they would have been overrun. They would have all probably died in the grand scheme of things. Oh, I know what my favourite part was. One of them. I can't remember the lines. It was the ransom. And he just got turned back to human. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, what happens? He's like, did I eat flesh? And then and someone says, like, not much. Yeah, not much. He's like, how much is not much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever the line was. I was, that, was like a, that was a laugh out loud moment. Yeah. Proper lol yeah. moment. Let's talk about the opening credits. Oh. Do you like the opening credits? Yeah, I do. It's completely different if you listen to it and if you watch it. Yeah, yeah. So if I had my eyes shut, I would think I was probably watching a pretty serious Star Trek show because to me it sounds just perfect. Like even in a way more perfect than Discovery and Picard because you know how I feel about the Picard music. I'm like, I want mm. that to be my wedding song. I love oh, that. Oh, really? I love it. Wow, what, what? I love it. It's, I think it's one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard. Oh, I don't musical. disagree with you. I'm just amazed that I might have managed to get some Star Trek stuff into I know, my wedding. right? I, mm. Yeah. Uniforms next. At one time, that would have made me really, really sad. But actually, I was like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But like, you hear the music and you think, wow, this is just perfect for... A Star Trek show, but then if you watch it, you're like, it's hilarious because it's such an oxymoron of like Starfleet Star Trek yeah. stuff. I think it's the only part of the episode where they actually parody Star Trek, and I've seen the writers talk about thing, it. Though. The writing team, everyone has said, like the only rule on the show is don't make fun of Star Trek. Like don't don't make the laugh shouldn't be at the expense of Star Trek. Um, just the situations, maybe laugh at a few little plot holes or something with Trek that don't make much sense. Like we've seen it in the trailer for the whole, let me target the warp core. And they're like, execute maneuvers. And he's like, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. damn, <laughs> I enjoyed the opening credits. But what? there's a butt coming. Oh my there God. There is a butt. I've what? not expressed this to you. No, you haven't. I was underwhelmed by them. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. It's quite a long piece of music. It's lengthy. It credits, even credits, senior crew as well, the voice, voice uh, actors. And I think there's only like four sequences, maybe five. And I just felt it was a bit too slow. Oh my gosh. But like it didn't match the pacing. I would have rather seen seven or eight sequences. But if you'd had four. like a really jumpy, kind of like a beat thing, it wouldn't have matched the, the pace of the mm. show because the show isn't like joke, 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 joke. Like you said, you're kind of watching it and you and you're like smiling at most of it. And then sometimes you're laughing out loud. Sometimes you're just appreciating the links between that and something else that you love. I liked it. I don't say I didn't like it. I was underwhelmed by it. Ooh. I don't like that though. I do have one but, other criticism of the show. Oh god, here we go. I hate it that they bleeped the swearing. They didn't. They did. She said that the Yeti was being a dick. I'm not talking about that. There's like, I don't know what word. That was, that actually, that was my favourite bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to fight a Yeti for my shoes for no other reason than he was just being a dick. It was it. That was my favourite. I've been in a Klingon prison. I had to fight a Yeti. Yeah. That was, that was I love that. There is some swearing in the episode and this in the trailer as well where it's bleeped. I think there's only one or two in the episode. I hated it was bleeped because Picard doesn't bleep it. Yeah, but Picard's a very different show. Yeah, this is like an adult comedy it's meant to be. Yeah, but we're going to sit down with our son and watch this. I agree with you. He would sit there and watch Picard and think, "Eh, yes, my quite cool. Like you can see some ships flying by and blah, blah, blah. But he can actually watch this and Mm. he enjoys it and he thinks it's funny. This is a show for all the family. When it bleeps, it takes me out. Now we bleep on this show, but it it just like takes me out the moment when it bleeps. Are you going to bleep dick? No. 
No, I'm going to bleep dick. Dick's not a nice word, though. Dick's not oh. swearing. If you had Harrison say dick, would you bleep it? I'd have a word of him, so he can't. Yeah. I feel like he thinks I am one, though. Wow. So I just haven't given him the word to express it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Once you do, that is well, it. Yeah, I know. It's going to be raining dicks. <laughs> That's like your dream come true, isn't That's... it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison, welcome back to Blast Shield. You are our regular guest star on this show. So Harrison, how are you this week? Very, very good. Oh, fantastic. So you watched Lower Decks, didn't you? Yeah. This week? Did you like it? Yeah. What was your favourite bit? Or was there more than one favourite bit? Him covered in goo. Was that funny? Yeah. And the alien had him inside? Yeah. It inside its mouth? Shaking bums. Oh, shaking the bums. That's when all when all the naked bums are on the holodeck. You at that age? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favourite character so far? Boimler. Why do you like Boimler? Because he's so funny. He is funny, isn't he? He's very silly. <laughs> you looking forward to watching it next week, the next episode? Yeah. Cool. I can't wait. Are we going to see more aliens? Yeah, eating him. <laughs> more, more aliens eating him. I hope not for Boimler. Ultra wormhole. Ultra wormhole. So you want to cross over with Pokemon, is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, there's wormholes in Star Trek, so you never know. Could be an ultra wormhole. Harrison, thank you very much for being on the podcast this week. Bye. Your favourite standout character Ooh. of the entire episode. And I think what we might do next week is power rankings. Ooh, We're going to okay. have like who's the top... Like a top three, or maybe the top four, because it's a four-person main cast. But who is your favourite character? Who stood out the most? Oh, no, because favourite and standout are different. Okay, well, hit me with both. My favourite character is the cat. Ah, Dr... I don't know if it's Ta'ana or Tana. Tana. It's it's T... Hysterical. First of all, I love cats. Second of all, this character only has a couple of lines, but every line that cat said had me laughing out loud yeah so really funny that's why tana is my favorite character well trek does grouchy doctors really well it's like yeah. a it's been a constant like mccoy was a grouchy doctor yeah. pulaski wouldn't know from tng the emh on voyager you'd love the image the doctor he's an emergency ho- a medical hologram who was the doctor on picard it's the british version yeah, isn't yeah. It? I, I mean he was brilliant yeah though. he was so him. funny yeah he was, he was, so he was really funny so that was your favorite character, favorite character. so who's, a, who's your standout? My standout character is mariner okay uh, How are you? My standout and favorite, I think, right now is Mariner. Yeah, but I love all the all the main cast. I think the I think the main four are yeah. really interesting. They complement each other so well. They do. God, I'm just thinking of more things I loved about the episode as we go. Like they sleep in the corridors. They have beds lined in the walls, and we just see like they just see this big muscular. Starfleet officer walking through with, I think, a towel around his waist. I was like, oh my god, this is like, this is literally the lower decks that we just never see. But doesn't it make you want to be part of it? I mean, that's not where I would, that's not where I would land, naturally. Oh yeah, you'd be obviously on the command ladder straight I'd be on the bridge. You'd be on the bridge, yeah. Yeah, where would you be? I always like to think I'd be one of like the the first officer and stuff, but I think it's more realistic that I'm a... (laughs) You're a red shirt. I'm a red shirt. I (laughs) I don't even think I'd be lucky enough to like... Go down on the planet and get killed, though. I think I'm like one of the consoles exploding in my face. And I As die. you're walking on for your first day. Yeah. Oh, I'd save you. You wouldn't save me. Would I die in the process? Well, I never quite understand how everyone dies from having like screens blow up in their face anyway. Like, how does that kill people? You'd be surprised. <laughs> There's practice. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> There's other ways you can die, Kyle. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I think Mariner, just because there's such a la- layer of depth there. Before we end this then, let's talk about the trailer. Mm. 
for the whole season. I think some of the funniest Yeah, bits I agree. I was just going to say to you, it's my favourite bit. Yeah, like right at the end. <laughs> they were obviously in some kind of training mission. Oh, that one as well. Yeah, so... Uh, Katie, you, well, you described the one, the scene you just gestured. Oh, when she says, when she's like, live long and prosper. And she's like, don't give me that sarcastic fucking salute. Vulcan I love, salute. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I Did think she say, Vulcan she Vulcan? Salute. Yeah. I thought she said fucking. That would even be funnier, but no, Vulcan. Ah. Yeah. It is funny though. <laughs> just, I love just it. Just waving them. We're all going to start doing it now. Yeah, waving, we're doing that's it now how I'm gonna say, um, That's how I'm going to say hi and bye. Yeah. Boom. Live long and prosper, bitch. Yeah. On the bridge, they're doing the training mission. And they're like, right, what should we do now in this situation? Captain's like, yeah. big smile, saying, so, you know, there's no wrong answer. And he's like, oh, execute. Was it? Evasive maneuver. Evasive 80. And you see Mariner's like shaking her head, no. And he's at like, eight. Doctor's like, is he fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, it's made me laugh. In that tiny bit, the t- trailer at the end, it was like... Throughout the episode, there was like laugh, 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 like every now and then. That was like laugh, laugh, laugh. It was constant. Like, and I thought, I can't wait to see the rest. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to, to next week's episode, uh, which is called Envoys. So I think it's the one where he's got to take the Klingon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do I recognize that name from? Could it be because every Klingon name has an apostrophe? <gasps> that was actually, to be fair, as a language is teacher that's my favorite bit yeah like why why do they all have an apostrophe I don't know. it's kind of lazy wharf doesn't that's true a lot of the aliens do i don't know why we do it it just looks alien i guess i would quite like an apostrophe in my name where can i put it any suggestions hit me up k-a-t no we would we drop the a then though, i think k-t yeah k-t oh i like it k-t what would you be um you can't really drop the well y. if i was like a vulcan they don't have like an apostrophe in their name so i'd just still be just kyle fun if i was like a klingon just Kyle. Kailash. Kailash. Presented by Holosuite Media, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast, is produced and hosted by Kyle West and myself, Katie Harbin. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Blast Shield, be sure to follow Blast Shield up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join Holosuite Media's community discussion group, simply type The Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we will see you there. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek review podcast. We get kind of that funny little bit where he's got the relationship book, and I guess maybe they're foreshadowing a little bit of, you know, future, you know, hunk (laughs) Odo. (laughs) The, The, like, romance book was hilarious. He had a funny line. I forget what it was exactly now. I didn't write it down. I only read three chapters. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty good. And they definitely do this. When they have kind of a heavy, deep episode, they'll sometimes put a little bit of a joke or, or something light off the top. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Voyages, a Star Trek original, animated, and Kelvin Films podcast. Full honesty, I did find that the scene was seemingly long when they were driving with him and, and Scotty to get to the Enterprise when they were in their little capsule. I felt that that was a very long scene driving around the whole Enterprise. But 
find yourself someone in life that looks at you the way Kirk looked at the Enterprise. I mean, that was a beautiful moment. And I absolutely adored when Spock came back onto the Enterprise. Just how everybody on the bridge, like Yuhura and Chekhov and everybody, they just kind of rallied around him. And it was a really warming moment just to see that original core group of people just celebrate him and happy to see him. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.